0: ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast and we are Kevin. Um, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the sports editor of the Anglo-Self, Paul Fitzpatrick, as we bring you the probably, it's it's potentially the final proactive risk control team of the week uh, for 2020. Um, it's definitely going to be the final one for a bit of time anyway. Um, and also what we're going to do on the show is look back over the um the pre-championship rankings that myself and Paul done over on the diehard service um where we we gave our top 12 on the senior uh scale and uh compared them to how they actually turned out in the end which doesn't look good for either of us but um as i say Paul it is the it is the more than likely the or potentially the final t- proactive risk control team of the week um, now, obviously, there is a junior final to be played in. in a, well, it was due to be played in a couple of weeks' time. Lockdown has changed that over, as well. And I suppose at this point, um, just want to offer our condolences to the to the Den Club and to the Gaffney family for um, on the on the tragic incident that happened uh, over the weekend. Um, we we hope that that everybody over there is looking after each other, and, and our sincerest sympathies go to all all around the area. Um but yeah look at going back to no games do you think it was wise by by Crow Park to be the ones to jump in ahead of like level three doesn't state that games can't go ahead.
1: <laughs> well it, it states that it states that uh elite sport only. That's my reading of it. And talking to national handball officials last night, that that was their reading of it as well. They were still seeking clarification. But they are of the opinion that all that on in level three, all club activity is suspended anyway. So I think it was I thought it at the time, and I think it even more so now that there was a political move by the GEA. Um, they knew what was coming down the line. If you think about it, Sunday evening, the the word leaked out from Neffit that there was that they were pushing for a level five restrictions. So the GEA probably knew, or maybe had been tipped off, or or figured out that. Uh, we were going to get some sort of restrictions, possibly level three or level four restrictions. So it was going to supersede anything they said anyway. And I think that at this stage, the GEA were, were looking at it and saying, let's, let's get out here and get some good publicity and make it look like we're coming down hard on clubs who are maybe flouting the regulations with celebrations and parades and things like that, because there's been a lot of bad publicity there for the GEA. So I think that they they probably knew that that they could do whatever they wanted because it was going to be superseded by the government in, a, in the space of a few hours anyway and that's what came to pass so yeah i think it was a, it was a smart move because the ga are at this stage of the game the ga are protecting the intercounty championships because you must remember they have deals done with with um broadcasters across the board now every game is going to be broadcast this year for the first time in the history of the association um either on television or, or streamed live and there's a uh, all sorts of broadcasters are involved in it this year to to get every game covered. So the GA have that done. They've also a deal done with government to get funding of the guts of twenty million to run the championships. So the GA needs the T V revenue. So they must run their championships now. They've contracts signed and everything else. So but the GA wants probably wanted to be seen to come down hard on on uh, clubs who are flouting regulations. And also an awful lot of club activity is over as well. No not not at all. And I know that In Ulster, the the Donegal Senior Championship final is outstanding. I think the Cork Senior Championship final is outstanding. But most counties have played their finals in senior grade, at least at this stage. And in Cavan, we would have had everything finished, unfortunately. Only there was the COVID scare in Templeport at the weekend, which forced the postponement of the junior final. But uh, I think it was a a smart play by Crow Park, I think.
0: Is there... uh, Maybe you're right on it that it was a smart play, but was it the right call and maybe an inevitable... Situation that once you have sport, at some stage you're going to have a winner, which means at some stage you're going to have celebrations, which means you're going to have spikes. Is 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 it that simple?
1: Possibly so, yeah. But uh, I mean, the, the GEA can't be, I never were asked to regulate the, the socialising of players. Uh, I think it's I think it's unfair uh, to to ask the, to hold the the g e a centrally responsible for how players might socialize after a match in terms of celebrations, like is it an official club function if if um team X are to win something do they have an official club function in a certain bar or is it informal and everyone goes there and, and goes to the next place you know I think it's the, the latter, so i think I think that the g e a have covered themselves in in a lot of credit over the course of the pandemic and uh weren't always um, given the respect that they deserved. I don't think during the lockdown in particular, and uh, were blindsided a few times by, by the government. And like we saw, there was a furious GA reaction where they came out and, and named Dr. Ronald Lynn by name, which is unprecedented when they were calling for a meeting with him at one point. So I think the GA have done very well on the whole over the course of the pandemic. They were very quick out of the blocks back in March to call off all activity. And then we saw clubs all over the country raising funds for frontline workers and things like that. So uh the GA were involved in community response around the country as well. So the GA did a lot right, I think. So I think it's a bit much to be blaming the, the association in general for the scenes that we, we have seen in, in in pubs and you know, maybe the parade possibly the parade in Cork wasn't the right idea. But at the end of the day it's outdoors. And we're we're always being told that outdoors is very little danger involved in, in outdoors compared to indoors. You're 19 times more likely to, to get yeah, the virus indoors. It seems outdoors. to be, I,
0: I'd, yeah, I, I'd, imagine, I'd imagine while it's not necessarily putting the, the blame on the GA's doorstep, it, it is kind of a, an unintended consequence of, of having competitive sport, that there will be a winner, there will be a loser, and therefore there will be celebrations. Like even I was thinking, right okay, we're in level three, wet pubs are closed. Let's say the Ulster Championship goes and Cavan get to an Ulster final. You know, it's you can imagine that like whatever team wins the Ulster Championship, there's gonna be celebrations of some sort. You know, obviously the county board will will avoid them in whatever county it is and they'll say, look, there's no organized coming together, there's no this, that or the other, we're not having a parade we're not having a, a lorry on, 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 the, on the market square but there's still going to be people coming together it's going to be, it's, it's part of a consequence of those games happening that, that you're going to have a winner and therefore people are going to want to celebrate
1: mm, that's, that's true, yeah, that's true and look, it's, it's about living with the virus like because at the yeah. end of the day if we want to stop the, the spread of the virus we can stop it in, tomorrow morning in a heartbeat and we just say right let's go to complete lockdown level 5 for the next 6 months 9 months 12 months whatever it takes and without a doubt the, the virus is going gonna, is gonna to stop circulating but it comes at a cost and you can't do that so it, it's about living as best we can with it um, yeah. and assessing risk yep. and personally and every other way so I, I like I think young people in particular um, need sport I think they need the physical and mental health benefits that it brings they need interaction with their friends and uh, I know you can say okay. No, you can go on Zoom and meet your friends and play a game of poker or have a have a chat, and you can go and do your five K run on your own. But you know we're social animals as humans, and I think youngsters in part- particular, um, you know, fellas in their early twenties in particular, like, and it's uh, mental health is such a such a talking point as well in in that age group, and especially with males, uh, I think they need it. So like, we need to do everything we can to to keep sport going. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I think the sport is an important part of it. If if we could, if we could make the separation that a celebration doesn't necessarily have to relate to alcohol, I think a lot of it would, uh, a lot of the problems would be, would be an awful lot less. Maybe not completely disappear, but but an awful lot less. Like I don't think there's really um, that big of an issue with the games themselves, even with. Some people are saying, with all well you know team huddles and this sort of stuff, I think you're the amount of time you spend in a huddle is generally short enough and and the contact is is minimal. you're outside in fresh air um I think that those little things aren't as as um as as big a nesting area as a, a, an indoor venue where people are then on top of each other and, and there's no circulation of air I think that that's the important part on it so yeah, and the ideal it, scenario would be that that we could continue playing sport at all levels but that you know, the, the, the celebrations don't lead into a problem
1: Well that's it that's it but I mean it kind of is all part of it in a way because it's part of what I'm not saying. A big piss up when you win a county final is, is part of the beauty of the association. But what it means to a parish and, and uh, to a place when your club wins like that is at the very heart of the association, and that manifests itself in in gatherings and celebrations. So it's a very tr- it's a tricky one to solve. Um, if you're if you're to send out a team wearing your jerseys representing your parish and they win something, that by by definition that means a lot, and by definition you're going to, want to Gather as a community and honour that. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it is a real tricky one. I know in, in the handball, like I I just think it's really sad because um, we have two players in that I have been coaching in All Ireland semi-finals this Sunday in Kilkenny and they've put in a really big effort. Um, and they were they were going really well in training. They worked very hard, and and they couldn't have asked any more of the lads they're supposed to go down on Sunday and now that we've got word that those games aren't going to happen and I know handball officials in Crow Park were hopeful uh, yesterday when I spoke to them that the games would go ahead but um, because it was inter-county it wasn't club so maybe it would come under the elite banner but it didn't and it's not going to happen now and it's so, it's so sad for those youngsters because both of those fellas were through to All-Ireland Finals um, back in March in a different competition and they were supposed to be played uh, on the undercard to the senior All Ireland finals, uh, and that was going to be played the following weekend after lockdown came in. So it gets really tough. It happened to me actually when I was when I was seventeen. Um, I played doubles with Charlie Johnston in the handball, and we got to an All Ireland semi-final, and it was the first one I had played in, and it was called off because of foot and mouth. And I I still That's remember the, Yeah, I still remember the disappointment of it. Like it was so yeah. disappointing for a, a young guy at that age. So yes, very so, much so. That's what we're doing with. And, and I time.
0: suppose the, uh, the the lesson out of that for for um young McChrystal and young McGee is that there's a curse on Paul Fitzpatrick when he, <laughs> when, when he's involved in, in in all Ireland finals, whether be coach <laughs> or player. Yeah. Um. No, look at, and, and and I suppose we should take the opportunity to congratulate the two boys winning the Ulster.
1: I'm right in saying under 15s and under 17s. Yeah, uh yeah, not to go over handball too long, but Oliver McChrystal won the under fifteen Ulster singles and Niall McGee won the under seventeen Ulster singles and Niall is still eligible for under fifteen grade. This is in sixty by handball, so uh bow going really well. Two very exciting young players we have in Cabin and we've we've got two more in their age group, Matthew Smith and Oliver or um, and Adam McKenna, who Adam's just coming back from injury and there's very little to pick between the four of them. Uh, four really, really good players. Like and I I fully expect those lads if they can keep at it to go on and win minor All-Irelands which is a huge thing in handball. Uh, like you know a minor All-Ireland in football is massive but in handball yeah. one player only can win the minor All-Irelands uh, in singles and two in doubles so it's, it's huge and it's minor handball the role of honour is a who's who of future legends of the senior game so I, I expect those lads to go on and compete strongly at minor level if we can keep them involved but it's it's difficult to keep lads involved now with all with all these setbacks which are out of their hands but anyway everyone's dealing with it that's it
0: that's it um look we'll start off with the proactive risk control team of the week um and with only one game it was it was simply down to people nominating uh, players so there wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of nominations coming in on it so um we'll we'll get straight into it and i suppose starting off in goals a big call by manager David Lennon to swap Dara McKenna and bring in James Farley, but James Farley repaid his fate in abundance with a
1: lot of very good saves. Yeah, I thought both goalkeepers did well. I thought the best the best save of the game was possibly Brian Malacca's save, uh, where mm-hmm. a high ball came in, someone got a fist to it, and he made an acrobatic save that jumped to his left and saved it. I thought both keepers did well, and Malacca has been a a player who's improved throughout the championship um as things have mm. gone on like any I didn't realize he's as young as he is but I think James Farley has to get the nod for it. he made about four um point blank saves in the in the county final um and it shows the quality that he has like he's he's someone described to me like Ray McGalligan is a totally different type of goalkeeper and James Farley um was his understudy, and at one stage he he took the number one jersey a couple of years ago. They're different types of goalkeepers, but Farley's a a top-class goalkeeper, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, well-deserved. So the full-back line that we went for was um, Mark Stewart, Krushla, Patrick O'Reilly, Krushla, and David Shelby, Krushla. And it's hard to argue with it, because the relocating of Mark Stewart to full-back or into the full-back line gave Uh, Chris Law an extra bit of a a stable foundation David Shelby bombing forward with two points and still managing his defensive duties now he may have been border out the field but he wore the number 4 jersey so he's been stuck in in the full back line on the team of the week anyway and then Patrick O'Reilly's duel with Barry Riley. There, there was only one winner on the day and, and, and we, Paddy, as he's known locally affectionately, um, came away with, with, with the spoils on the day. So, hard to argue with that full-back line.
1: Yeah, it's a good full-back line, in fairness. I thought Paddy Riley did well um, on Barry and Jimmy Higgins highlighted after the game that Barry Riley is an absolute class act and that he's you know he keeps his team taking over. So, um, I think we, we were talking about it on the podcast last week that they were going to have to keep tabs on Barry if they were to win the game and they put a good man on, for, on the job in Paddy Riley. I thought, he, I thought he did very well on Barry.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. So the half-back line uh, we went for on the proactive risk control team of the week was Cian Boylan at five, Shane McManus at six and Barry Tully from Court at seven. Um, Todd Cian Boylan, again... The, the more this championship has gone on, the more assured he's been of his place on this crush loss side, consistently a good defender and yet showing his ability to, to win break and ball, to win, to get physically stuck into uh, possession when, when needed. I thought overall a, a really, really good display by, by Key and Boylan. Shane McManus wore the number 10 Jersey, but definitely played a defender's role. And in particular, Picking up Park Faulkner and Park Faulkner was going on the attack um you know just watching him to make sure that that nothing was coming um or not as much as could have come from him and I thought overall he did a very good job, like you know Faulkner still scored three points, but you're talking about probably the best player in Cavan at the moment in Park Faulkner, and I thought Shane McManus defensively done a good job, and then Barry Tully I thought was uh was was probably. After James Farley was was um, Kingscourt's best player, I thought he he just he kept looking for ball. He kept trying to get in around the, the middle, toward getting on ball as often as possible. He worked exceptionally hard. Um, just didn't didn't get the result on the day, but a good performance.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like Barry Tully's a class. <laughs> like Barry Tully's one of these players. I mean that. You look at it and say, "How has he not been in and around the cabin panel for the last few years?" I know he played for London for a while. But like he's one of these experienced players that's been a top club player now for for many years. And like, there's been players that aren't as good as him on the cabin panel at different times. Um, and Kingsford have a few like that. That you know, there were that mm. were as good as what was on the cabin panel in their position. Uh, a, a lot of players over the years. Like Philly Tinley's another player that I would say was. Was good enough to be on the cabin panel for the last few years as well. Like it's probably, probably. Uh, don't know why those lads weren't playing with the county, but they were they were county quality players. And I'm glad to see Barry Barry Tully doing so well again over two games. And he he's a player that's great to watch. Like he's just pure skill. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely, and intelligent on the ball, and and, you look at he he has an awful lot to offer. Um, as as a as a club footballer, and definitely. I think he was in around a Calvin panel in the, the middle of the last decade for a year, but
1: then they've yeah. gone
0: off to London. And oh, I'm pretty sure he has an and Ulster
1: a- under 21 medal uh, as well. He was, on, he was on the team maybe in 2011. Uh, he was, he okay. became on, I think, maybe in Ulster final. I think I'm right in saying. So like, his pedigree is very good. Yeah, definitely. In the middle of the field, we went for a, a powerhouse of a partnership that
0: it wouldn't surprise you. If they lined out at midfield for Cavan against Monaghan later on, um, in the year, Jim Smith from Crusheala and Paul Faulkner from
1: Kingscourt Stars, you know what? What a midfield! Yeah, it's amazing they scored six points from play between the two of them. Uh, yeah. un- unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. Like Faulkner now, let's let's just put this on record. Like Faulkner is a free scoring midfielder now. <laughs> like he's get, he's yeah. getting you a goal a game, or he's coming up getting you three points. Unbelievable. Um. But James Smith talked about it after, the, and I know we'll, we'll hear that interview later in the week that you did with him, uh, where he talked about he knew he was going to have to up his game because he was marking Faulkner, and you never have Faulkner beaten. Um, but I, I thought it was amazing that uh, for those two fellas that Faulkner played so well in the drawing game, and then James almost surpassed that um, in the replay. Like I thought he, he had a phenomenal performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. I thought I, I have to say I thought Peter Corrigan had a good game too, and so did Darren Gaffney coming into the middle of the field. But the two men were were just uh, James Smith in particular and Park Faulkner had a good game. but James Smith was 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 absolutely brilliant. I thought um, for a twenty two year old or twenty one year old to put in that level of a performance was just out of this world. So hopefully, it's the start of another level. That James Smith has gone to and, and and we can see him continue to progress. But um so then on the half forward line for the proactive risk control team of the week, we went for Stephen Smith, Crushelaw, Brandon Boylan from Crushelaw, and Kevin Curtis from King's Court Stars.
1: Yeah, I, <coughs> happy enough with those three. Yeah, happy enough with those three. I thought I thought um Krushalaw got more out of their half forward line in the replay than they do, did in the drawn game. Um, which was which was another factor in 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 them winning. It. I thought I thought Shane McManus uh, did a good job in doubling up on James Smith at times, and that was something that you identified on the commentary as well. That you know, or sorry, doubling up on Park Faulkner I should say, it allowed, Faulkner. Yeah. it allowed James Smith to play more of a free role. Like Stephen Stephen Smith, he scored two points, could have had a couple more, but like again, like he's just a player that ha- that has all the skills in, in the book and. He'll always get you those few points no matter what, whether he's having a good game or or a quiet game, he'll always get you a couple of points and he'll he'll deliver a good ball like he's technically highly skilled. And Brandon Boylan as well, I thought led the line very well, took on defenders and, and uh his handling was very good. Um, and again, another really good, highly skilled player that that has Crush have produced and have lots of them.
0: Yeah, I thought Brandon Boylan's ball winning ability was brilliant. Like he seemed to be the first outlet um when Cruslaw got the ball anywhere in the middle toward Brandon Boylan more often than not was the target and he won it, held possession, and either gave it to a runner off the shoulder or torn supplier into that inside line. So overall I thought Brandon that was one of the better games, probably the best game and he's had a lot of very good games, but probably the best game I've seen from Brandon Boylan this year. Um, I thought Kevin Curtis as well just showed that I still actually think there's more to come from Kevin Curtis. Big, strong unit. He looked mobile. Um, you know, he he seems to have a good ability to to identify where there's going to be an opportunity and, and, and get there with the minimal effort needed. Like, it doesn't ever really seem like he's sprinting around the place. But yes, like in the... In the drawing game, he, he popped up, fisted goal into the net, you know, just ghosted in around. And I thought he'd done a lot of that um, against Crushelaw in, the, in the in the replay as well. So a good display by, by Kevin Curtis also. Then in the full forward line, we went for um, two Crush and one Kings Court. Keane Sheckleton from Kings Court, full forward Patrick Lynch, and then Adrian Smith from Crush Law. Keane Sheckleton with two points. I know he was taken off. He started quite slow. Then I think on commentary I was saying something like he, he hasn't got into this game at all and within ten minutes he he hit two points over, showing his ability. Then he may have drifted off a little bit again toward into the second half. Um but I thought he showed enough that there is a, a good future in front of
1: Keen sheckleton Ah, uh, there's no doubt that he's got a very bright future. No no doubt about it. Like he's he's not out of place there uh, for a young man of nineteen or twenty. He's He's not out of place there in, in a senior championship final. Like uh, One of his points in particular I thought was really good because uh, Krushlo were back in numbers. There wasn't much happening and the ball was sort of recycled to Sheckleton and I thought he, he sort of looked up. There wasn't much on and he just made something happen. He cut through a gap and he, he fired over a point, which was, I, I was actually sitting beside you and you were just after making the comment and you were right that he had, he had started quietly and that got his confidence up and he kicked another one and I think he might have had a wide maybe just before half time but uh, I thought he 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 held his end up well for a young fella and don't forget he, like he had a phenomenal game against Carthagians in the semi-final so he can be very happy with his championship um with with how he has come on in this yeah. championship Adrian Smith I, yeah. I I think is the unsung hero of the Crusher Law team Mm I agree with you like he I,
0: he I I I he was so important to that forward line
1: Yeah oh unbelievable his ball winning is 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 top notch. His speed, the bit of dash that he has to him. You know, what we always say about th- this thing that Kevin supporters say that a player has a cut to him, but it's it's very hard to define, but it's easy to identify. And he has a cut to him, like he's he's incisive, a bundle of energy, uh, and he's direct, and he's he's uh, he's not one of these lethargic players. Like he's a, he's a real handful, and like you mean he's he's twenty six. And he's probably like you know he could look forward to another ten years playing uh, with Law if he wants to. And he's he's probably the oldest player on the team. I know Barry McCarron came on, but oldest player on the starting team, which t- says a lot about this age of this law side. I know I know Adrian is is a silver fox at this stage, but he's only twenty six and he's in great nick, and he's a he's a lot of years ahead of him. He definitely does, definitely does. And then obviously at full forward Patrick Lynch, and and the
0: funny thing being. You would look at Patrick Lynch and say, you know what, it wasn't his best game. yet He still comes away with three points, a free, a mark and, and a, and a point from open play. You know, even on a poor day, he still helps the side out on the scoreboard. And, and, and by no means it was a poor day for him. But my point being that he's actually got himself to a level now that we, we expect an awful lot of him all the time, forgetting that he's only a 20-year-old.
1: Yeah, completely, completely. I think I had him down for two frees and uh, uh, one mark, one forty-five, and one from play. So he got the last point of the game from play as well. So I think I had him down for five, and again, like again, could that's have. Just, sorry. Yeah, I think that's. I wouldn't go by my maths, but I I think that's what what he got. So again, that shows his quality that um, stroking over forty-five there in a county final, and there's nothing thought of it. It's expected of him now, so he's definitely come on. He's like he's a bit to go to fulfil his potential which I think his potential is vast uh, but I th- do you know what I think we'd really see the best out of Paddy Lynch if Dar McVitie was home and Law could afford to play Dar McVitie in the full forward line I think that's a that's a two man full forward line that no team in the county could, could uh, match I think that would be so exciting for Crushelot and it would be so exciting for Cabin Football that we'd have a club with two two really Top class inside forwards there because I think Lynch is heading that way and McVitie is a top class inside forward that uh, could make any team and he'd make any Gaelic team in the world I mean full like that because <laughs> I think I was gonna I was gonna say he'd make any team in Ireland but we're, he's not in Ireland at the minute so we will say he'd make any team yeah. in the world and he is he is making the teams over in Australia so um yeah,
0: yeah look at, it it's an interesting prospect I. I uh I definitely don't agree with you though that it'll be a two man full forward line. I, I think Adrian Smith's gonna hold his own in there. It'll be a three man to have to yeah Oh
1: well, yeah, oh it wouldn't be dropping Tombo anyway. but they'd have to find no. some way of working it because uh I always You like the spacing around Patrick Lynch and McVitie. I do. I I always think that that uh Krushla should play McVitie in there because if I was if I was an an opposition manager coming up against Krushelaw uh I would want to be keeping McVitie as far from goal as possible because that's where he could really wreck you in there because they've got so much athleticism and uh, line breakers out the field. Um, they, they're not badly crying out for another one, but uh, not all those lads out the field can do what Dara could do inside. But look, that's a thought for another day.
0: Exactly, exactly. So that completes the Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week. We'll go through it one more time. It's James Farley in goals. A full back line of Mark Stewart, Patrick O'Reilly... And David Shelby all crush-a-law. Half back line of Kean Boylan, Shane McManus, Bo Crushlaw, and Barry Tully from the Kingscourt Stars. In the middle of the field, it's one each. Crush-a-law is James Smith and Park Faulkner from Kingscourt. In the half forward line, it's Stephen Smith and Brandon Boylan from Crush with Kevin Curtis completing the lineup on with the number 12 jersey from Kingscourt. And then in the full forward line, it's Kean Sheckleton from Kingscourt, Patrick Lynch and Adrian Smith from Cruciala. So, folks, once again, for the probably the last time this year, get in contact with us for your uh, nomination for the Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week from those 15 players. We'd be delighted to hear from you. A few people have already got in contact um, given us their nominations, and, and I'd be surprised if it doesn't turn out to be him. But look, at, you can email us on wearecavan@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can get in contact on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at we are, Calvin. So we'd be
1: delighted to hear from you. Um, yeah, we we moving might, on Paul. Sorry, one you, more thing, David. We we might um, later on pick our junior, intermediate, and senior teams of the year uh, under the PRC banner as well, because yeah. uh, I think it's going to be, it would be a real interest to people now. Uh, that we've I know we haven't the junior final yet, but we've had two outstanding championships, three outstanding championships, and one final to be completed. But uh, I think that would be a good one where you can ask people in a couple of weeks to send the nominations for those three as well.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We we'll, we'll take we'll take that responsibility on in the next few weeks because I I can't imagine that there will be an all stars this year, um within CAV and so we we'll take on the mantle of that role. Um so look, it let's let's go back then to, I think it was around the middle of June, um, or was a little bit further back actually. It was, I'm just looking up the date here, Paul, so that we can get it right. We were trying to do our predictions um, or our rankings for the senior championship. And it was actually the 5th of June and the 9th of June that we, we completed them. So not a, not a ball really kicked in anger at that stage. And we decided, let's, let's go at this. And my God, Paul, we were terribly wrong. So Yeah, we were.
1: but We're I, going to I, have I... to
0: defend ourselves here.
1: I have several health warrants I want to give around my around my rankings here. Uh okay. Uh one is that I I completed a different set of rankings in the paper, right? And I'm going with those ones as because they were more accurate. Uh the the second one is uh in our 50-50 championship bet I chose Crush Law as you my fourth another. pick. Yeah, because
0: things so, were changed. But in the rankings in the paper you didn't put Crush Law in, did you? As your first pick. Uh
1: well they weren't see there weren't essentially picks to win it. There were, I was ranking the teams and like, you couldn't not put Cass Ryan in at number one. Uh, I didn't necessarily believe Cass Ryan were going to win the championship, but they were the number one ranked team in the county by, on, all, on all, everything we had seen. I know they lost players. So on, on, on any rankings, did you put Chris Lowe as number one? Uh, I did on our 50-50 <laughs> championship bet, yeah. I did on our <laughs> But that
0: was the second pick. <laughs> anyway, anyway enough,
1: enough of the slide. Oh, we both on. got it terribly wrong. It was, it was a second pick because I gave you first pick knowing you were going to pick Cavan Gales. So it was essentially first pick because I was never picking the Gales top.
0: Can we clarify here, though, that we both on the rankings on the 5th and 9th of June, we both put crush line at 4th. So we were both terribly
1: wrong. Will,
0: yeah. we, will we get that, that one straight out? Straight well, off we,
1: the weren't, we weren't terribly wrong. I don't think we were terribly wrong because uh, it took extra time in the semi final and it took a replay in a final. So it's not like there was a massive gap. Uh, I don't think we were terribly wrong. It's not like we had them eight, where, where I'd say we had King's Court. Okay. We were terribly wrong there.
0: Yeah, well, I, 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 was, I was. You were terribly, terribly wrong there. I was terribly wrong there because I had King's Court at seventh. <laughs> you had them at eight. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is marginally better, but both disgraceful, if we're being honest about it. But, okay, so let, let's go back to the top. Okay, so Crislaw, obviously the best team in the county in 2020. I went for Cavan Gales, you went for Rammer. Rammer beaten in the quarterfinals by Cavan Gales. Uh, Cavan Gales, well beaten in the semi finals by Kingscourt. I don't think either of us would have seen those results
1: coming ahead of, ahead of the championship. So you, sorry, I misheard you. You went for the Gales one, and I went for Amber one. Was that it? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, that's and, I, and there wasn't. there were both poor enough predictions there because they were both well beaten as it turned out. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll take our medicine there, Damien. So the the top ranked team
0: turned out to be Law. Second ranked then was Kings Court. We both went. For other teams, you went for Castle Rahan In second and I went for Rammer in second And it turned out we were both Very wrong as well because Castle Rahan For me, well sorry, Castle Rahan were ranked Toward overall and how I came to that Conclusion was That Castle Rahan made a semi-final And on the league standings In the championship, Castle Rahan Were ahead of Calvin Gales who were the other beaten semi-finalists which is I think a fair enough way to rank it so my number two was Castlerahan. Yeah, and your number two was your number two was Castlerahan, Rammer United.
1: So once and, and again, so I don't think we were very wrong. I think Castlerahan were the third best team in the county this year. We were. We were. Are we in agreement on that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't. I definitely. don't think we. Were, I was, think you were, cut ourselves some slack there. Okay, but I,
0: well, I, I, I was terribly wrong because Rama were the fifth best team in the county on rankings when I had them in second. So now, I, where, I I'll take that one on the
1: chin. Where did you have Casarran?
0: So I had Casarran toward, you had Gavin Gales toward, and Casarran were toward. So I I I'm I'm taking a massive bow that I I got that one right. I'm yeah, delighted were, with myself. I seen
1: it you were, coming. You were spot on there, and I I overrated the Gales in common with everyone oh, else.
0: You did. <laughs> you did. You actually did, as it turned out, because. We both, as I said earlier, ranked Krushelov fourth, and it turns out Cavan Gales were the fourth-ranked team in the Championship this year. So, um, Yeah, Cavan Gales, and I had Cavan Gales ranked first, which was, in hindsight, wrong. Um, now, there's, still, I still, I, I, no, look, I can't, I can't even defend myself. I, I did think that the injuries may have, may have been something that cost them dramatically in the end but I, I still think they actually took Kingscourt for granted which was a very very silly thing to do in a semi-final um, but Cavan is 4th best team in the county this year uh, and we both got that terribly wrong. We both went for Gauna as 5th ranked team it turns out Rammer United were 5th ranked who we had in 2nd for me and in 1st for you So um, and Gauna it turned out were the 7th best team in the county this year
1: yeah, yeah. Garner at fifth. See, it's a difficult one. It, it, it's sort of a futile exercise in a way because the margins are so fine with that group-based system that we have, uh, which, because the quarterfinals are seeded, you know, it so much depends on your draw. Like, Rama were seven or eight points up, maybe nine points up at one stage against against Crusher Law in round four in the cross-keys. I just, if they just could have held on there, they would have avoided Cavan Gales in the quarterfinal. And they would have been way up the rankings. So the whole thing really turned on one 10-minute spell for Rammer. That's what the Rammer boys would say anyway. Uh, so I think we should give ourselves a bit of slack because there is a bit of a lottery about it as you get down through the mid-part mid of the rankings, you know. Okay, well,
0: well, if you're giving yourself slack for Gauna, neither of us can give ourselves any slack for ranking killigarry in sixth. I'm when giving us the sixth best team in the county.
1: Yeah, no, no. I'm giving us a bit of slack for that.
0: No, 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 no. You can't. There's no case to make. Go on, try it though. I'm gonna make.
1: The... <laughs> I'm gonna make the case. Uh, I think. I think. I still haven't get. Given... I still haven't given up on Killarney winning this championship. By the way, but... <laughs> 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 I, I I think Killigari showed that they were as good as any team they played, as in they could match any team they played uh, for for fifty eight, fifty
0: nine no, minutes. They could nearly. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: they could match them, and it. Look, it was mental frailties that caused Killigari. Um, in the end up, they just weren't able to get over the line. Like, and the the, the Lacken result in particular now, that was that was a shocker, really, because Lacken had nothing to play for. Like that was the worst of them all. And Killigari, I think, man for man are better than Lacken are at this moment in time. No disrespect to Lacken. But uh, you know, we could we couldn't have seen that coming. We couldn't have seen them squander squander winning positions in four games when they only needed to win one of them to get into a quarterfinal like nobody could have seen that come on. they did everything right up until the last five minutes of those games
0: yeah they did a lot they did a lot right I wouldn't say they did everything right like there were yeah look at I, I have to say Kiligary were a disappointment for me this year I oh, thought they that they they underachieved and and that's the that's the reality of it for what they have in terms of football and ability they should be far higher up than the ninth rank that they did finish, but you, you like like you said last week. You know, all all the all the talk in the world is 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 just talk until you go out and do it. Killarney haven't done it; they're still waiting to do it, and and until they do it, they're going to be down in that lower lower half of the table, I'd imagine. So, um, but the 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 positive, I suppose, and maybe we slightly underestimated Lavi, was that Lavi finished 6th overall you had them at 7th, I had them at 8th and Lavi when you look back on it put Castle did to the pin at her collar and wasn't for a bit of bad fortune or maybe bad decision making by, by one player Lavi could have actually knocked out the champions
1: Yeah, yeah they definitely could have knocked it. Were, they were winning in in the second half of extra time in that game by two points. I think so. They could have definitely knocked out the champions. And Lavi are a bit like Kingsford in that regard. Like we have to, we have to finally cop on to this now. Lavi cannot be ruled out in in the championship. Um, they they will push the top teams very very close in the championship. Now they haven't taken that many big scalps. We have to we have to say that as well. Like, they, but they've been so close. They've but pu- particularly with Casarand, they've pushed them so close. Um, and they've pushed Rammer close at times as well. Um, they've proven extremely hard to beat against the very best teams. So, Lavi are definitely deserving of respect. We're going to have to bear this in mind for next year's rankings.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Although, God knows, by then we'll have forgotten everything we ever done before. Um, Gauna <laughs> were actually ranked um, in seventh. We had Lavie, You had Lavi in seventh. I had Kingscourt in seventh. Mullerhorn were ranked in 8th, you had Kingscourt in 8th and I had Lavey in 8th. So, um, but we both went with Mullerhorn, I had them in 10th and you had them in 11th and it turns out that they put the team that almost won the county final to the or collar and in reality probably should have beaten Kingscourt on that quarterfinal day. Yeah,
1: yeah they, they, they had the winning of it, I thought a few decisions went against them um, and Kingscourt probably rode the luck of times but like takes a lot to beat Kingsford in a knockout match as well as as they proved again in the in the two finals. But um, yeah look at Mullerhorn like you'd still have to say Mullerhorn were a disappointment though. Like they only won one game out of five. And uh, like I know they yeah. made a quarter final but like as I said before, I don't think it has ever happened before in championship football in any county. That a team could, could lose three matches in a row and progress to a knockout stage. I've never seen it happen before. It was just an absolute freak. That I think Lacken won an intermediate championship actually on it. La- Lacken won an intermediate championship losing three games. Uh, that but that but they year in a row. But that year you had to play like seven games in the group. It, That's it was, right. It was a big, wide open thing. Because so I remember that year. Um, that was 0-4 and Red Hills got to a junior championship final, which they lost in a replay that year, and also drew this, I was on the panel, and they also drew the semi-final against Shercock, I think it was, and won the replay. Red Hills actually played more championship matches than league matches that year, because of the vagaries of that system, which gave you like seven group games, with the two replays as well, Red Hills ended up playing something like Eleven or twelve championship matches and maybe ten league matches. So it was a funny kind of a year, but Lacka did lose three games that year in the group. But never has a team lost three games in a row and, and progressed to an awkward stage. So I think you'd have to say Molahorn, even though they have a great account themselves against Kingsford, they were disappointing.
0: Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan Longford Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties. For over 50 years, a family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, the only thing I would say about Mullerhorn, and, I, and I, I take your point that they'll probably say that it was a disappointing year, but their performance against Lara the first day was excellent. Uh, right, granted, it was against Lara, but it still, at that stage, it was an unknown. We didn't know that Lara were, were going to be that poor. Um, you know, I think, well, now I had Lara just below Mullerhorn in my rankings. You had Lara ahead of Lakin and Mullerhorn. And um, you had them in ninth, but they then had a terrible display against Cavan Gales. absolutely shambolic. They bounced back and had a good enough display against Castle Rahan. They had a terrible display against Lavi. and then bounced back and had a good display against Kingscourt. So it wasn't an absolute shambles of a championship from Olahorn's point of view. I thought that they showed enough, particularly in the Kingscourt and the Castle Rahan games, to say that there was progress made in terms of young lads stepping up. Cormac O'Reilly looked like he's, he's raring to go and, and, and will be a, a top-quality senior player. Gavin Brady looked very good as well. So there's, there's a lot more to come from the Mullerhorn side, and I thought we've seen progress in fairness to them, in, in, in my opinion. But um, I think the eighth ranking is probably the right area for Mullerhorn at the moment.
1: Yeah, I, I can see your point, Damien. Um, but I just think one win out of five it's hard, hard to say it's progress Um, I know I could see your point and like there definitely were positives to take from it but could you really hang your hat on and say that they've progressed Uh, in in the last year it's hard, hard to say so I suppose the biggest thing was that they gave a great account themselves against Kingscourt so that they probably saved their best performance to last so from that point of view you could see it on them that they were that they had a big performance in them. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be looking at them and saying they're a team that's going to strike fear into next year either. That's, that's just being honest. Like, I noticed that's a good young players there, but, like, you know, they've got to, they've got to be doing a bit better uh, than that. They still, and, and, and it's funny the
0: way, like, there's a perception out there about young teams. Mulligan was probably the youngest team in the senior championship. It was either them or Lara. Um, they 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 performed better in the senior championship than Killygarry did, who ended up in ninth position down below. So neither of us thought Killigari would end up below Mullerhorn in
1: the rankings. Yeah, but the only thing and there is, I mean, is, uh, like technically, yeah, they did perform better than Killygarry, but in in reality, like over the balance of all the games, they didn't really. They won one. They they won one game. Killigary drew one game they both lost four or sorry Killigary lost three and Mullerhorn lost four um, well technically Kili- Mullerhorn probably won one drew one well yeah well yeah fair enough yeah you could give them a, a draw against Kingscourt because ordinarily that would have gone to a replay but uh, like I think there's there's a lot of positives for Killigary to take as well like just as many as Kingscourt well, like they went they went to, as Mullerhorn just like, as
0: many as Kingscourt
1: to, no as sorry I meant Mullighorn. Like they went toe to toe with, with a lot of good teams and and matched them all the way. Mullerhorn went toe to toe with one good team and matched them all the way, and you know. we well, even
0: even take Kingscourt, even take Kingscourt as, as the as the line of form, killigarry were beaten by Kingscourt. Mullahorn brought them to extra time. Aye, well, but we're we're still beaten though, like, um, in extra time and probably as you said by a lot of refereeing decisions.
1: But I I didn't say the referee beat them. I told Mullerhorn, or Kingscourt rode their luck for definite, but I told Mullerhorn got off to a flying start and caught Kingscourt cold, who were coming in, having beaten four weak teams, back the Gary. (laughs) I'm on the right of my own argument, but I'd beaten beaten four teams that hadn't qualified out of the group. Uh, Mullerhorn got off to a flying start, but, um, you know, from the, probably from the, 20 a minute of that, of that game in normal time, Kingsford probably won it by seven or eight points. What well, when Mullerhorn up by seven points? So like I know what you're saying, but we can't we can't be down on Kilgarry and and, and bigging up Mullerhorn, when when in reality it's not. I a you matter. can't be
0: you can't be bigging
1: up when you can't be bigging up and be down on Mullerhorn. Yeah, fair enough. But the truth is, the truth is, they were, both of them disappointed me. That's that's the way I would look at it. I wouldn't. I don't think either team. Uh, showed great signs of progress this year, because between the two of them, they won one game.
0: (laughs) I'm going to pick a hole in this for you, Paul. You had Mullerhorn ranked at 11th. There's no way they were 11th, and yet you
1: think they disappointed you. There's no way they they were 11th. Uh, Yeah, there's no way they they were 11th, but I think that's because there was other teams around them that were just, their form collapsed, like Lara and Lacken their form just just completely collapsed. Shercock. So you know, are we're, we're, like what are you you're basing all this on one win over a Lara team who sort of threw their arse at it in that championship uh, and a good performance well, while, lo- while losing losing against Kingsford. Like a particularly good first half performance against Kingsford. Lost second half probably by seven points and lost extra time. You know, let's let's be let's be honest here. Like I, I don't think Motherhorn themselves are gonna be saying we, we should get a pat on the back for making progress. I think Mullahorn would be would be holding themselves to higher than than one win out of five games is progress.
0: Yeah, I I I just to be honest, I I didn't I didn't see. Um, I thought they they may with a lucky draw may make a quarter final. They probably did get that in terms of that. They, well, sorry, they definitely got that in terms of Lacking and and Killigary in the in the final game. But I just. I'd I'd take massive um I'd take massive heart if I was from Mullerhorn in that quarter final display, particularly in the first half, particularly knowing that there wasn't a huge amount of work done. Um, you know, that that they, they they didn't do a lot of work during lockdown, that the the potential and more than any of those points, that it's a very young Mullerhorn team. So like the Killigari team has vastly more experience than that Mullerhorn team. You know, the the, the vast majority of those lads on Mullerhorn, the likes of your Ryan O'Reilly and Cormac, O'Reilly and Gavin and Gavin Brady and um, Darren Shields and lads like that, like, there there's a lot of young lads, Tom Harton coming in, Matthew McGahern. a lot of young blood in that Mullerhorn side. So I I'd, I'd
1: uh, <clears> In actual in actual fact we're not that far off from what we're saying what we're both arguing, but I just think that Killigari uh showed that they were they were going to be an absolute handful for any team they played and they should have won several games. Like they pushed the Gales to a point after a slow start and they had were seven up against Garner, didn't win it. Um had a good lead up against Kingscourt and didn't see it through. And then against Lacken same thing didn't see it through. Whereas Mullerhorn got destroyed by Cavan Gales. Like a week after Kirigari pushed them to a point and Mullerhorn then went uh Got well beaten by Lavie and Castlerahan as well, and remember that was Castlerahan's tour game in ten days or something as well, and they didn't even start Oisin you know, O'Connell. So, I, I, I'm not picking up Killygarry. I, I think both teams were disappointing.
0: I think yeah, I didn't think uh, I didn't think Killigary were ever well up against King's Court. and I thought that the mullerhorn
1: Castle Rahan game, they weren't well beaten. Though. I thought sorry, that there was sorry, only what, five, Kill- four or five. Well, Killygarry were well down. That's what it was. Yeah, I knew one team was yes. one five to no score. Yeah, yeah. King's score is right. They were got the big lead and then they got it back. Yeah. Um,
0: and then King's got two goals in the early part of the second half and just managed the game out from there to the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you like know, the Arscore
0: were always in control of that game against Killygarry. I
1: don't know if you could say they were always in control. that no, Well, like, Killygarry got it back to a from point. second half. They won it by two points, was it?
0: I can't think what it was exactly in the end, but it didn't it didn't seem like the, 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 I remember from a long way out you knew Kiigegay were going to need a goal, and case court were set up to to not give them a goal, and it just didn't look like they were ever really going to win that game I thought Kiy well
1: like um, against case court not winning any of the four games was was scandalous like that like that was that was a shocking underperformance, considering the, the position they put themselves. In, in most of those games, like where they had their chances, particularly yeah. the lacking game and the Garner game, or any skews. But the lacking game, especially, was knowing that that yeah. was beat a lacking team was not there for it was, it was bad. But look, they say about Rory McIlroy that uh, he gets so many top ten finishes and in, in on the PGA tour. But they, they say a lot of the time he reverses into a top ten, which is like where he's out of contention. It uh, blows up on a maybe on. On a Friday or Saturday, and then it too. comes with a big round on Sunday. So I think Mullerhorn reversed into the quarterfinals. That's probably the nice way of putting it. Yeah, I'll agree with it. I'll agree with
0: it. Um, so that, that's Killigary and Mullerhorn, the eighth and ninth ranked team covered. Um, in ninth, you had Lara, I had Lacken. Um, Lacken finished tenth on the table. Um, you had them in tenth on the table. So you got that 100% right.
1: At last. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll take it. I I'll had, had Mullerhorn right. Mul- 10th on the table. We'll take it down to the end then. La- or Shercock were 11th and Lara were the bottom ranked team. Uh, we both ranked Shercock as the bottom ranked team. I had Lara as 11th. You had Mullerhorn as 11th. Um, you know, Lara, we talk about Mullerhorn disappointing or Killigarry disappointing and, and debating it. Lara will look at this and say, we were terribly disappointed. Like In reality, if there was relegation, Lara were well gone.
1: Yeah, Lara, Lara were the biggest disappointment in the Championship, without a doubt. I fancied Lara to make the knockout stages. I haven't seen them at the tail end of the intermediate the year before. I thought they were playing at a level that would definitely see them in around a, maybe a quarter-final spot in the Senior Championship. It's, it's, given that the, they looked like a side that had improvement in them and might adapt well to Senior... Uh, but they didn't. They, I don't think the effort went in, and there, there was there was a lot of talk that all wasn't well in the camp, and players getting dropped, and players not showing up for games. It was it was an absolute shit show. I think Lara was. They were lucky there was no relegation. But well, maybe if they had been relegation, they might have approached it differently. We give them that, but um, mm-hmm. it was it was a huge disappointment for me uh, as someone who bigged up Lara lads. Lara lads, you made me look. You made me look like I don't know anything, what I'm talking about. And everyone knows that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it it was it was something I have to say. I I I moved, and when I was looking back over the rankings or listening back to that podcast on the Diehard Service, I was I, I was very fearful of the the maybe realization within Lara that there is a big jump from intermediate up to senior. I thought that they didn't realize that jump was going to be so big. And I was fearful of them coming into it, and I think I used the reference about Drummily in two thousand and six and how he won the intermediate with a very young team after losing a final the year before and and kind of almost mirrored the profile, but Drummily went up and stayed up in senior for I think three years or four maybe three years, and then came back down and won another intermediate afterwards but the the point being that what Drummond Lee needed to do and what Lara needed to do at those stages were double down on the effort that got you that intermediate victory. Because if you don't build on it, if you don't get better as an intermediate champion going up to senior, you're coming right back down again. And that's, that's where I, I, I didn't feel Lara were grasping it. Now, I wholeheartedly expect with, with everything going right for Lara, we'll say next year, that we'll see them actually realise that. And the year... With the stay of execution gone from them, I don't think that they'll go down, but I was worried for them this year, and I think with a with a relegation you know if if it had been brought in in you know said a week or two before championship starts that there will be relegation, I don't think Lara would have survived at senior level, but they uh, they got the stay of execution and they'll get an opportunity next year to to build on on what should be a good young talented team that's capable of competing at senior level but yeah, so overall, on the rankings, Paul. If we're being as critical as we probably should be, I got Caselar right and in right Tord, and you got uh, lacking right intent. Other than that, we got everything wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, folks, I'm, what, I'm what delighted. Are you don't don't. I'm that delighted me. they're all putting the trust and listening to us experts
1: because uh, we clearly know what we're talking about. <laughs> Well, speaking of knowing what we're talking about, there's one thing I want to clear up just before we wrap up on this podcast, right? Um, there was one or two crucial la- lads who who took offence. I think at my preview in the paper last week, uh, and I've chatting to one of the lads since. But I just want to I want to clear it up because this is post- an
0: annual event in 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 post county finals,
1: isn't it really? Yeah. Well, Kea Mackey last year put up a tweet, Damien, <laughs> and he tagged <laughs> myself and yourself, of and he goes. Are we still too old? Which was something we never ever said about Casaran at all. But people see the tweet and they don't. They think you said it. So this time, uh, the comment was made that that, that I said that Crush Law didn't have the bottle, uh, which is not what I said. And anyone listened to the podcast last week would know that. <laughs> but I want to read. I want to read out because there was a screenshot from the sad posted on on social media, uh, and I was tagged in it, and. I'll read out what, when you put it in context when the screenshot only showed half a sentence which is absolutely scandalous but what, what my preview last week said was he was talking about the drawing game and it said Park Faulkner the best player on show drove through for a goal just before halftime which was the defining score of the match dri- driving Kingscourt back into, con- into the contest although and Boylan bagged the goal at the other end on the restart the Stars were still in touch and Crushed Law drifted out of the match as they have had a tendency to do in some games in this campaign and yet, question marks over their bottle. And there are always question marks in this regard a team, until the team actually goes and wins it. That's where the screenshot stopped. Okay. But I'll continue the sentence. And yet, question marks over their <laughs> bottle. And there are always question marks in this regard a team, until the team actually goes and wins it. When the perception immediately changes, as Kass proved, can be dismissed. It was the stars who should have... <laughs> it was the stars who should have seen the win when the late three went astray but they didn't. And it was crush law who came up with the two late points to get another crack at it. So, in case anyone from Krushla uh, has heard that bottle himself uh, said we didn't have the bottle, I never said anything of the sort. In actual fact, I said, crush law have proven they have the bottle. Yeah. And that's, that's what this podcast
0: is all about. Clearing up <laughs> this is interpretations of Paul's writing. And next week we'll be talking about Charlie Gallagher is actually a really he- is a hero, in case anybody thinks the book isn't a, a glorified tribute.
1: I, I was going to do a Father Ted uh, Golden Seric speech there. And, and now we move on to Liars. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thanks
0: very much for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GE podcast. If you want more, um, don't forget to head on over to patreon.com forward slash wearecavin where we'll be bringing you all the reaction from after the senior final. That's on tomorrow's show uh, where we'll have Jimmy Higgins, Mark Stewart, James Smith, Pierce Smith, uh, Shane McVitie, and Barry McKeon, if that's not enough from the Crush Law camp. Um, And we'll be dissecting exactly what went on in that senior final, the matchups, the tactical moves, the different decisions that were made that resulted in the outcome. And that's all over on patreon.com forward slash We Are Don't forget, once again, get in contact with us. Let us know your proactive risk control player of the week nomination on We Are at email at gmail.com or uh, you can get us on social media at We Are Thanks very much for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast.